Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Murphy, coming to you live from underneath the Air Canada Centre, as has become our custom. Joining are we, me... Are we really underneath it, though? I mean, we're underneath the part that most people use. We're technically floor level, but everywhere that anyone would sit is above us. Not everyone. Well, the very rich people are not listening to this podcast. Uh, not enough. with that attitude. People who can afford... Uh, courtside seats are not listening to us. But they have the most disposable income to spend on a... Free podcast? On a free prod- podcast and a very worth it athletic subscription. Yes. Uh, we are... <laughs> the Raptors Reasons Podcast is the Athletic Toronto's Toronto Raptors Podcast. That second voice you hear is Eric Kareem, who's smiling at me oh so sweetly. Eric, how's it going, buddy? Uh, you know... Yeah... Pretty, pretty okay. Let's let's roll with that. Pretty okay. Are you pleased? Pretty, pretty okay. Are you pleased that the team's home for four games in a row, spanning seven days? Or I am displeased. Okay. I am displeased. I wish it were fewer games in a row. I could use like a road game in there. But actually, the fact that they're not practicing on Tuesday because of mandatory CBA days. Uh, and that might happen another time this week or before the regular season is out, is uh, auspicious in my little corner of the world, which is indeed little. Yeah, because a four-game homestand with days spread out can turn into a seven-day work week very quickly. And as I basically wrote today, there's nothing left to write about. (laughs) There is not. So this is the thing. When you said you wish there were fewer games, all I could think of in response was, I wish there were fewer games until the playoffs because... Mm -hmm. As when we in, want many games. I yeah. mean, not as many as last, well... No, last year's number would be great, but just yeah, five well, in each round instead of well, seven, seven, no, and six. No, but you want the free lads, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, so I you want... want, you want so that's where I was no, at I want last seven year. games. Last year was a dream scenario for yeah. being short of a finals run. Yeah, I want seven games every series, selfishly, but, but I want those game sevens to be relatively assured, because, yeah. yeah, I can't post-mortem for everyone. <laughs> Uh, the Raptors do not look right now like they're going to need a postmortem early in the playoffs. They're no. playing extremely well. They are winners of six in a row. They're now twelve and five since the All Star break. All of those games without Kyle Lowry, thirteen and five without Kyle Lowry on the season. Uh, they are third in the NBA. Thirteen and five. If, yeah, they played one game without him earlier in the year against How many Brooklyn, games have and they, they played won. now since the All Star break. They're twelve and five since the All Star break. Oh crap! I might have to go change something in my story. I think they're twelve and five. You I can double was, check. I thought it was eleven. And Maybe five. they're eleven and five, and I've got my without Lowry and post All Star uh, break numbers have, mixed up. I might have just forgotten that the Dallas game happened. Yeah, either one of those. Either one of those games, uh, completely forgettable. The Dallas games. Uh, so the Raptors are playing very well. The issue that we run into is, well, as they showed Monday night against the Orlando Magic, is that. As things are going well, um, as some teams are folding up shop, others are starting to rest, um, the games kind of, the Raptors are playing an easy-ish schedule where teams, the games matter to opponents, but these teams aren't particularly uh, strong. We're, I just kicked over a broom. We're just breaking the arcade center here. So what, what can come up, and Dwayne Casey pointed this after the game, is, is there are a little Several bit, times. There are little bits of traps, right, where when you've just come off playing teams that are fighting for their playoff lives and you yourself are in survival mode without Kyle Lowry, you can run into these games where you run into a Magic team where they're not really playing for anything and they're very, very bad. And not only can that allow bad habits to creep in, but it also makes it hard to evaluate this team. And I think at this point we know a fair amount of 
about what this team looks like without Kyle Lowry, and we won't know for some time what it looks like with Kyle Lowry. So what is the point is kind of where we're at. Oh, we're in my wheelhouse now. Yes. <laughs> what is the point? There is no point, Blake. Would you like you to, should I push that chair next to the table so you just lay down like this is a couch and <laughs> that, I'll, you can great. pontificate about what the point is? Um, the point is, look, I think Dwayne Casey was very critical of the defense after the game. And when you allow the opposition to score 112 points despite shooting four for 20 from three, uh, he's probably right that their defense was pretty, pretty poor. Yeah, and this um, was a fast-paced game, but yeah. that's still 109.6 in terms of points per 100 possessions. Yeah. This was uh, not, not a great defensive showing. Yeah, and I think as a coach you have to take every opportunity to remind your players that you need to be locked in when April uh, 15th, 15th or 16th? 15th, I believe. Yeah, 15th. But well, we don't know what day yeah. they'll play. I mean, oh, we, know, we, know, we, we know, know what day they'll play, play, but we don't know <laughs> what day they'll play. Um, and so I think it's the right thing from him to do coaching-wise. But when I look at this game, I'm just like, good team beats bad team. The players know what their roles are right now. Uh, we're going to probably save what the roles will be for a written version yes. of this. Uh, yeah, look for that Tuesday afternoon. We're um, going to talk about the rotation. Uh, but... I think overwhelmingly you have to say that this team has really found itself without Lowry, and it's quite remarkable. Like I, d- despite the additions of PJ Tucker and Serge Ibaka, which I was quite high on, I thought this team just wouldn't have the creativity and the offensive flexibility to do that. And it's not their middle of the pack offense offensively since since the All-Star break, but they've just been that good defensively, tonight notwithstanding, that they are finding ways to victory. And, and it's not even all that, you know, it's not ugly every night like we projected a few weeks ago. Yeah, too, I mean, right? Monday, like, Monday night against Orlando, 10 of 15 on threes, they scored 131 points. Yeah, it was like the December You can't ugly your way to 131 points. You can boring your way to 131 it was, points. It was not a ex- particularly exciting game, but you talk about creativity, you know, Norman Powell steps up and looks better in that secondary attack role than he's looked in a while. Corey yeah. Joseph dishes a game-high 13 assists, yeah. and they're almost all invisible. Well, he was throwing some interesting uh, passes like on the move when it looks like he's getting ready for that push shot or one-handed floater or whatever, and he, he instead found JV, who Great was job crashing, looking for JV all night. Uh, when maybe Vucevic... Vucevic? Vucevic? Vucci-man. Vucci-man. Vucci-man, yeah. Um... When he would help out on Joseph, he uh, and JV would crash, and like Peyton was left on him, or a smaller player, he was really looking for him, and and sort of a Lowry-ish, Lowry-ish, not Lowry, Lowry-ish way. Uh, and I've written about Corey Joseph since the break. He's, he's I mean, tonight again. Not, how many times are we going to say tonight, notwithstanding, during this podcast? <laughs> Uh, Monday notwithstanding, like he's been so key to what they've done during this stretch, and Monday was perhaps a, a more obvious example of that than we've seen in the past. But it's Alfred just, Payton's still eight, though, so the defensive inconsistency is still there yeah, a little bit. But Alfred Payton eight when it was like a sixteen-point game in the fourth. It was a 16-point game most of the game. Uh, very consistently. By the way, you mentioned Corey Joseph. Before we move on or, or get back to our larger point, 
You mentioned JV. James Wyatt again? Uh, that nothing matters. That, <laughs> oh, yeah. that there's no reason to be listening. Yes. Uh, you mentioned Joseph looking for JV. JV had a Jonas Valanciunas had a pretty terrific game here. 17 points, nine rebounds in 27 minutes, seven to nine for the floor. Most notably, he closed the game out in the important minutes in the fourth quarter. Uh, and was important it, minutes in the fourth quarter? Come on, they treated it as such. Yeah. DeMar DeRosa checked back into the game in yeah. the fourth quarter after so his normal still rest. play 36 minutes. So as long as DeRozan is a, on the floor. I remember a day where we would have been complaining about such things. Yes. Weirdly, we've talked ourselves into the fact that DeRozan had a lower body injury and missed time. So that's fine. He doesn't need rest anymore. He just got hurt. He had a hurt ankle earlier in the year. He doesn't need rest yeah, now. Whatever. Um, but Valanciunas was pretty good in this one. He's a team high plus 21. Um, closed out the game for the... For as much as that mattered in this one, uh, did you like what you saw from Valanciunas? From a you know, Vucevic is a guy who has um, played him really well so far this season. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like Vucevic was invisible. On the other end, you still see, I mean, you see the defensive problems, and Jonas wasn't uh, not culpable in that. But I, I think, by and large, he. He was doing the right thing on the screen and roll to the extent that he can. There were some, you know, 18-footers from Vucevic that were left, and he hit a few of those. But in the to the extent that you have to give up something in the pick and roll, I thought he made some good choices. And you didn't see too many examples where he was just looking like molasses uh, being blown by on the edge uh, by Peyton, uh, which is... Which is sort of the one thing I look for in every Valanciunas game now. It's like, how badly is he being exposed in the pick and roll? And despite the 112 points, uh, maybe it's just because this game was so boring. Maybe I missed a few of them. But it didn't seem to me like it's like, oh, there's slow-footed Jonas again. I I really didn't see much of that. No, and and the team, look, they they gave up a lot of points, but really their half-court defense once set, it wasn't great, but it wasn't a huge issue. The big issue was they had 15 turnovers that led to 29 points for the Mavericks. So that was a lot of, uh, you know, Terrence Ross. Oh, yeah, we should (laughs) talk about Terrence Ross came back. 8 of 14 for the floor, 17 points, looking very much like Terrence Ross. Like good Terrence Ross, yeah, Terry. It was, yeah, it was well, fun. Welcome back for a night, Terrence Ross. You yeah. know who? You know who's better than on the Magic for sure is Mario Hazonia. No, <laughs> no. You wanna you wanna defend him because that seems to be the way you were leading tonight. Look, Mario Hazonia. <laughs> I'm still hung up on the fact that that Instagram account after the draft that we all thought was his wasn't his. Where he was someone close to Hazonia must have gotten photos of him or something and because there was this Instagram account with all these pictures of Hazonia with hilarious captions where he was like chirping his competition and it yeah. seemed like he just had a ton of swag and turned out it wasn't him and it turns out he can shoot one of ten in a 23 minute appearance I thought two of eleven if that shot two of eleven if that one shot <laughs> dropped uh, this might be almost stealing his shine Patrick Patterson just pushing him that's, way, Patrick, that's Patrick Patterson's block on Aaron Gordon's dunk attempt tonight was ridiculous. Patrick Patterson's a rim protector now. He's a good player at basketball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> note related to Jonas Valanciunas. So something I found interesting, the Raptors being third in defense since the also break 101.3 points per 100 possessions. That, Is that updated after yes. Monday's game? Yeah. Yeah, that's a new Very start. Very good play. Yes. Um, come on, I come prepared. So... An interesting thing here, Jonas Valanciunas has played less and played less important minutes during this stretch. What has also happened, though, which you would, you know, normally the big issue with sitting Jonas Valanciunas, especially down the stretching games earlier in the year, was that the Raptors were not a strong rebounding team. At the All-Star break, 
They were 18th in team rebounding. They grabbed 49.8% of misses. Since the All-Star break, even with Valanciunas playing a little less of a role, uh, they're number two in basketball, grabbing 53.3% of uh, rebounds on the floor. They were plus 10 on the glass tonight. That's been a huge part of their defensive uptick. Uh, that that has to make you comfortable. You know, I, I mean, that's an advantage can't be too large in that sense, really. Like they're, they're grabbing an obscene number of defensive rebounds when Valanciunas is on the floor. But this has to make you a little comfortable with the smaller looks we've seen too, right? Yeah, I mean, P.J. Tucker boxes out like guys who have three or four inches on them and it's amazing every single time it happens and DeMar DeRozan Monday notwithstanding has been, has been, uh, has been helping out a lot of the boards he's had a lot of those you know 18, 8, 6 type lines uh, he's, he's been up there you know hasn't even had a double digit yeah, rebound game it's just everybody ch- you know it's cliche but everybody's chipping in like everybody knows what jobs need to be done in every in any given game uh, that jingling you heard apparently Josh Lewenberg of TSN is wearing bells on his shoes uh, what was that? I don't know Something yeah. in case you, J. Lou what's his handle? At JLU 1050? 1050, he loves being tweeted at, so make sure to send him yes. some, uh, the some num- tweets. The number one thing he wants is to post an article and then have tweets at him about yeah. that article. <laughs> yeah. Questions that were answered in the article. Um, but it, it, in the morning, Monday morning, Dwayne Casey was asked, like he's asked by every visiting reporter, how are you doing this without Kyle Lowry? And he said, well, it's a collective effort. And... You know, in some ways it's not. In some ways, DeMar is doing amazing offensive DeMar things. DeMar had 36 points on 21 <laughs> field goal attempts again. But in other, you know, either box score statistics or more intangible things or, you know, less obvious things, it is really everybody finding their niche. It's DeLon Wright and Jakob Pertl, uh Monday notwithstanding for Pertle. Okay. Um, I, think, I think we have our podcast title for this. Week. Yeah, no, that's what I'm going for. Um, finding, like, not only even finding their role, just like playing really well. Like, that, against Miami, they were. It both, was a weird one for Pertle here where he tied his he career a, high with 12 points yeah, in thirteen he, in just 13 minutes, but got the hook for Lucas Nogueira. Yeah. <laughs> As somebody joked on press row, did Bebe just check himself in? Yeah. Yes, somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, um, we'll leave it at that. And Pascal uh, Siakam getting two minutes of garbage time at small forward. That was fun. Yeah. Interesting. Pascal Siakam. There you See go. You next year. There you go. Uh, but it's just... So know, let me ask- this, this thing where Masai Ujiri tries to build a contender and build players from the ground floor up in a development style is working on a small scale. Now, can it work in producing, you know, starters? We'll see that. We'll see if it even uh, matters. Know. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, it, and you, you, you know, you ranked last, over matters. the weekend, you ranked the seven uh, Raptors players who were still yeah. on rookie or entry-level contracts. What's interesting is you look ahead, and, and I wrote uh, as part of your... I chipped in in your a search for answers piece mm. after the Serge Ibaka acquisition. Um, the Raptors are going to be up against it to keep all these players. Uh, you know, say they wanted to keep everyone. You're talking about a historic, larger than the Cavs luxury tax bill, and that's it's reasonable to try to do something like that. But they're not going to be able to keep everyone, and they're not. Yeah, they're not going to outspend the Cavs if they don't think this is a title team. So we'll, we'll see how the playoffs go. What, they don't want to get to pay for that 29th-ranked defense since the All-Star break? No. Um, so 
what what you get into a situation of is, is yeah, maybe Norman Powell's ceiling ends up being a, a good bench wing. It, it could be very well be higher than that. Yeah. Maybe DeLon Wright on a different team could start, but maybe he's just a good backup on this team. Jakob Pertl, same same kind of thing. Um, but what these players and developing these players lets you do is it fills the back half of your roster and potentially your entire second unit with relatively inexpensive pieces, which lets you then spend more at the top because you only have so much money to spend. And if you yeah. can really cheap out on your bottom seven, they could have eight guys on rookie or entry-level deals next year. Yeah, they have uh, another first-round pick. Yes. And they're out not a second, which is probably a good thing at this stage. I mean, you can always stash somebody somewhere. Uh, word up yeah, to we don't, word we don't up know. Word up to DeAndre Daniels. Yeah, uh, and, and DeAndre Hewlett. Yes, in perpetuity. Yes. I hope he's um, always a Raptor. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and then there are also the two-way contracts to consider yeah. that are coming in next yeah. year that we don't really know, and, and exactly even front offices don't really look. know yeah. how the market's going to play out for those. But these are important things, and, and getting to know that Jakob Pertl is already a capable backup center can really inform your offseason moves. And ditto for DeLon Wright and Norm yeah. Powell. And There's, these things have value beyond yeah. just helping them get wins now. And they are helping them get wins now. Yes. So it's like so one of those me, things that has two positives. Let me ask you this. So I, I want to ask you two things about how well they've been playing of late. The first, Thing number one. The first is that they've won six in a row. Um, they're clearly good like this. There's not a ton left to play for because their their magic number is two for the for home court advantage. So a combination of two win Toronto wins or Atlanta and Milwaukee losses and the Raptors clinch home court. Let me tell you how much that relieves me as somebody who has who is, a move-in date of yes. April 14th. I am... Oh, thank you. Yes, anyway, that's, that's great. Um, thank, <laughs> thank, the, thank the Hawks for just going on a terrible run and Paul Millsap and Ken Bazemore getting hurt. Yeah. Ooh. Guess he's Bazin less. Yes. Way less. Um, good less. God. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you is, do you see any risk of the Raptors getting in a... Dwayne Casey, uh, fat and sassy, or happy on the farm <laughs> over the last couple weeks here? I'm sure there's a risk, but look, they're still going to be playing teams that give a crap. They have Indiana a few more times. They have Detroit, who hasn't completely played themselves Miami out of things. Miami once more, They right? have Miami once more. Uh, Even Charlotte on Wednesday Charlotte's is technically not, still yeah, alive. Like they're only like sixth and, or fifth and... I love you, boy. Another TSN personality. Yes. Uh, I want to have my babies here. Uh, that's just oh. inappropriate. We've had both member of both members of Court Squeaks on the yeah. uh, on the yeah. podcast. The rare, the listeners, bare- we, we apologize. They'll never be Court on again. <laughs> the barely viewed Court Squeaks. Yes. Um, this is probably getting more listeners. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, what was the question again? Um, oh, are they going to the get farm. happy on the farm or uh, fat and sassy? Yeah, maybe. Uh, it could happen. I don't foresee it because I think P.J. Tucker will sort of say enough is enough at some point and yell at everybody. P.J. Tucker's son might do that. (laughs) P.J. Tucker's son was in the locker room after the game. He left multiple Raptors hanging for high fives and gave everyone the cold shoulder. It was uh, was exactly what a a young P.J. Tucker would probably have been like. Like Dwayne just told him, no high fives for that. No, they didn't deserve it. Uh, Uh, I I don't think it's, I mean, it is a concern but they still have their own seating to play for. What that okay, seating so what that is, seating means, you want to This was going to be my second question is so also on Monday night Cleveland lost badly to the San Antonio sure Spurs. Did. So the Eastern Conference now looks like this. Number 1 Boston Celtics. Number 2 half game back Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, two and a half games back of Boston Washington in third, fourth Toronto three games back of Boston. So 
The Raptors are only a half game back of Washington. Realistically, there's not enough time left for them to catch Boston at the top. It's just they'd have to jump three teams, catch up three games in eight games. It's not going to happen. No. Um, but there's a risk now if they jump Washington that they could draw Cleveland in the second round. So is there any point in worrying about this or, or looking at that daily for the Raptors? Or is the uncertainty so much that they just have to kind of do them internally and the chips will fall where they fall? Like, what can they even do at this point? There are people like who who's... think you should tank for fourth if you think Boston, because Boston's cake schedule down the stretch and Cleveland resting. and Yeah. I don't I... advocate intentionally being bad right before the time that you need to be very, very good. And... The thing is, you're going to want, assuming Kyle Lowry comes back, yeah. you want him to get in rhythm with your players, and that might consist of two games. Yes. And so you're going to tank the games that are, like, most important to finding Yeah, you'll want those to be dress, re- dress rehearsals. Yeah, like, it's it's just too difficult. Like yes. I, I think not, there's not, too not, much like, uncertainty. If it was like one or two games and everything was sort of stable at the end of the season, I'd be like, cool, let's be the Nets and aim to play the Raptors and, you know, be a, you know, a Terrence Ross standing in the wrong place away from losing anyway. Hmm. Uh, but there are just so many variables at this point. Cleveland can still get the first seed. Uh, they can. The Raptors might be able to hand it to them yeah. on the final day no, of the season. I, I've, you know, the that could be Raptors Nets uh, Terrence Ross draft. That could be the Ben Uzo game all yeah. over again, where both teams want to lose. Well, why would Cleveland want to lose? To avoid, oh no, I guess they draw Toronto because Toronto would win in that case. I don't know. Do they, they want to just... avoid the Raptors? I, I would think See, the they scenario, would if they could. The scenario I've been playing out is that there's they, the, the, the outcome that, regardless. Is that the Raptors need the Cavs to win to get the first seed, but they need themselves to win to get, to get the, the third seed, seed yes. and therefore they would end up playing yeah. the Cavs in the second round should both teams The way it'll happen play. is that, you know, it's going to come as, down to the final night of the season. Dan- and enemy Daniel Reynolds called Kareem's conundrum. Yes. Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, and Boston and Washington play that same night, so yeah. it's, it's all going to be up in the air. Um, oh, man. Let me... Okay, so because there's this much uncertainty and because there might not be a, really a difference between third and fourth in the seeds, or, or you don't know, um, the Raptors have two back-to-backs left. They do? The, yeah. I think so. Indiana, Detroit, and what else? Oh, no, they have one back-to-back left. Well, that's fun. <laughs> that's great. I was on it. Yeah, so... If we, we're going to talk about Kyle Lowry in one sec. If we assume Kyle Lowry is not there for that game, at Indiana and then at Detroit, would you consider sitting, say, a DeMar DeRozan for rest in one of those games? Uh, you know, not you don't want to risk getting out of the rhythm and things like that, but like DeRozan has been under a pretty heavy workload with Lowry down. If you don't think the marginal value of that win, or you can't know the marginal value of that win is going to be that great, uh, do you think about maybe getting him an extra day off? Yes. Yeah, I think about it, too. Uh, you see where the numbers are at that point. Yeah. And you see what your they goals are. They could be are. on a nine-game winning streak at that point. But you know what? Like, there's part of me that's just like, whatever. We play the Cavs when we play the Cavs. Yep. And we're playing some pretty awesome basketball right now. And why shouldn't we want them whenever? Yeah. Uh, there's something to be said about not avoiding them. Yes. I think psychologically. I, I, In the I, words of Lucas Noguera, you got to beat him anyway. Yeah. 
and many other teams. Yeah. People. I'm yes, sure. I'm sure. About but Lucas said yeah. that to me not that long ago. Yeah. So I wouldn't get caught up in it because, as we've discussed on this podcast, what whenever, if and if ever they play the Cavs, that is what they will be judged on. Not making. Yes. I mean, only people who have no concept of context will say, well, they made it to the third round, and then a year later they only made it to the second round, despite them pushing the Cavs to seven games in a hard-fought series. Therefore, well, Boston made worth, it to the third round. Uh, to, okay, to be, to be clear, Boston's getting knocked out in the first round. Yeah, uh-huh. by the pesky heat. Yes. Um, I mean, that's they're going to be judged by that series if it happens. And oh, it's happening. So let's just not get caught up on avoiding it. Okay. Uh, I think... I, um, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't rest DeRozan because you want him to be as fresh as, as realistically possible. Yeah. And the schedule's it. pretty nice down the stretch anyway yeah. in, t- in terms of spacing out and, and there's you know two days off before that final game and then they'll have two more game more days off at least before the playoffs. Only two more days off before the playoffs. I think that's fine. I think <laughs> if you play one game in five days... Heading into I'm your Saturday saying, afternoon I'm just game, you're not yes. Playing Sunday. Yes. Um, okay. So, the one thing that hangs over all of this, we've mentioned a couple of times, obviously, is when Kyle Lowry might come back. Hey, he's getting ready for whatever's next. So, Kyle Lowry <laughs> had surgery on February 28th. At the time, the team said that they were hopeful he'd be back by the postseason. That's all they've said. Yeah. In terms of timeline, Adrian Wojnarowski of the Vertical reported that uh, some people league were, sources league sources were optimistic. That Lowry could be back in four to five weeks. Four weeks would be tomorrow when they don't play. uh, The day this is going up, actually, the 28th. And five weeks would be April 4th, which is next Tuesday. As of right now, Lowry has not progressed to shooting with his right hand or contact. He's doing cardio. He's cutting. He's doing ball work with his left hand. Uh, He does not have a checkup scheduled anytime. There's, There's nothing on the docket right now. What is your... I mean, you're reading the faintest of tea leaves, but do you have a sense of where Kyle Lowry is and when you might see him in a Raptors uniform? I think if he's not shooting, it's not going to be imminently. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he but like these, these things can that. come together pretty quickly, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I mean, if he's taking jump shots, you know, at the Biosteel Center while nobody sees him there because they're not practicing on Tuesday, uh, then, you know, you can arrange a visit to a doctor pretty quickly, I imagine, and mm-hmm. then he could be back by the end of the week. I don't think that's going to happen. I, See, I, I always thought April 2nd would be the day just because it would be super inconvenient for me since WrestleMania falls on April yes. 2nd. Yes, Murphy's Law, yes. literally. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, my best bet is something like the home finale against Miami. Uh, so that being the set. Yeah. And then uh, he could conceivably get into the ninth at New York and the yeah. 12th at Cleveland. Following Damari Carroll, who I believe returned for the third last game of the year last year. There you go. I like s- symmetry. So, when at all possible. Yeah, I guess the seventh makes sense. If we get him three games in over uh, a six day stretch, you know, the, back, the second game of that back to back would be wonderful just to get him one more in yeah. there. But realistically, to get, I don't know, to get clearance on the second night of a back to back while on the road, well, he it would. seems. Probably be elsewhere. Yes, he'd be in New York. Yes, um, the site of his surgery. So yeah, but, but that's like uh, that's based on just a pure guess. Yes. It, it seemed like we've seen him doing work until he starts handling the ball and shooting the ball with his right hand. It's academic. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's not responding the way they want it to. Now they haven't said that. 
but I should just stop the, that sentence at but. Yeah. Let's, let's stop like, the sentence at but. Let's stop the podcast at but. Yeah. Just but. <laughs> and Ellipses. Outro music. Um, okay, before we let you go here, before we let the listeners go, well, any... Well, I want to know what WrestleMania match you're most excited for. Ooh, that's a good question. Thank you. Um, I don't really know. No, come on, don't uh, sit on the fence. You're not allowed to be reasonable about wrestling. Of course I'm sitting wrestling. on the... Yes, of course I'm <laughs> sitting on the fence. Wrestling um, unreasonableists. There are a lot of... So there's so many different ways WrestleMania can go because there are the handful of matches that are for the casual fan and that are for the spectacle and that are for the moment. Uh, yeah, and those right. things are cool and fun, and yeah. that's your Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, and your Shane. Uh, yeah, Shane McMahon and AJ, AJ Styles. Which, if AJ Styles pulls a good match out of fifty-year-old Shane McMahon, whoo! Give him just the MVP. To, just induct him now. Give him the MVP. The, I mean, he's already wave, the MVP. Wave the wave the retirement. What's the way they love There's it. nothing. There yeah. have been active wrestlers in the <laughs> in the hall in the wrestlers thing. never retire. Um, so. And then there are like the the work rate matches that you expect. There, you know, there isn't a ton of fanfare. And they should be a really good match. Adrian Neville against uh, Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight title figures to be that because Neville is like one of the best in the company right now. Uh, and then there's like the middle ground ones, which are you know, there's also like Seth Rollins Triple H is probably the best story right now, yeah. but they don't even have a match scheduled. And Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn and maybe Finn Balor can all get involved in that. That might end up being the best spectacle. How's that fence feel right now? Yeah, that they're, it's they're done. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, but this is the thing. You don't get excited for one thing. You get excited for all the things. WrestleMania is like a full spectacle. It's yeah, and it yeah. extends to the Saturday before with Takeover. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like there's there's not a dunk contest. It's at WrestleMania. It's the entire sitting down eating your like face I've, up you're for talking six to hours. Me like I've never watched a WrestleMania before. Well, you're talking I'm to me like, like I gotta a, pick one one match. Well, well, what's, the, what's the one you're most looking? I'm not to? watching it. I don't get. Are to you watch actually it. gonna come here? I'm actually oh, going to cover man. Raptors Sixers that night. Colangelo Bowl. I'll be taking the night off. I can't believe you're going to miss a chance to see TJ McConnell. DNP WrestleMania. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have one particular match. Actually, here's someone whose take we can get. What match are you most looking forward to on WrestleMania? John Chidley Hill of the Canadian Press. Yes, I should introduce our latest guest. Yeah, hi guys. Um, I am very excited about the resolution of the Festival of Friendship, the all-Canadian okay. matchup. Owens Chris Jericho? Jericho and Kevin Owens. All right, that's a good answer. I sat on the fence. I just listed basically yeah, the card. You decided, hey, here's all the matches that are happening. Yeah, because they're all fun for different reasons. That's fair. It's a three-ring circus, yeah. right? It's something for everyone. Actually, Pitbull's opening performance, that's... That's your yeah. Pitbull's that's your win right there. Performance featuring Flo Rida, yes. the two best rappers in Florida. Yes. As I tweeted tonight, and my Mr. Burns See voice, have Pitbull killed. Yes. Okay. Uh, have this podcast. Not killed. actual Pitbulls. Um. Okay. Do you have any parting shots <laughs> before we mercy kill this podcast? I feel like we've done better than last week. Last week was the Nadir. Yeah. At least we said uh, Monday notwithstanding 400 times. <laughs> well, but that was a good running gag. Yes, it was. Um, Charlotte Wednesday, Indiana Friday, Philadelphia Sunday. Holy crap. What am I supposed to write about? That's, that's <laughs> like, a question for you. That's not a question for... Um, I, you know, the Pirtle and Wright have just been so intriguing to yeah. me lately. It's fun watching them. Um, it's and it'll continue to be fun watching them and you know we'll talk 
in written form more about the rotation going forward uh, on Tuesday. But, you know, the more they play and the more they play semi-successfully, uh, it'll be interesting if they can work themselves into not the rotation in the playoffs, but in like, okay, we're losing by 10. Last year's Norman Powell. Yeah. Except he started game one. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but, but it was yeah, a yeah. But in something imitating that. Um, so... I guess those are the two guys I'm most interested in right now, and maybe Kyle Lowry will just start playing again. Okay. My parting shot, uh, shout out to the 905, who have locked up the best record in the D-League, the best road record of all time, and who will embark on a track for a championship. Uh, The playoffs start April 4th. Sadly, Will Sheehy, who is uh, one of the nicest guys on that team and a big part of what they do at both ends of the floor, uh, dislocated his elbow on Saturday and is going to miss the entire playoffs. Yep. From a Raptors perspective, uh, you can expect Bruno Caboclo there if his sore right shoulder is better and maybe Pascal Siakam. But yeah. that is, uh, that's about it. But it's still worth watching because it uh, it might be the only, it's going to be the first title in Toronto sports in a long time. Mm, the Argos won the Great Cup and... Real Toronto sports. No, technically it's Mississauga sports. Okay. Sure. The road to the six, whatever. <laughs> Unless you're coming from the other direction, in which case it's the road out of the six, I guess. It's connected to the six by a road. Yes. All right. Uh, anything else, Eric? Um, no, nah, I'm good. good I, I would just talk about the Americans, good but so. nobody wants to. That all be spoilers. You'll need a different host to talk about the Americans, yeah. too. If you want to. Oh, yeah, this is our last week without Riverdale. The three week hiatus ends. So thankfully, so when, next week. When's the 30th? Thursday. Okay, so I'll have to watch that. Yeah, we'll that yell about it next week on the podcast. Uh, cool, 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 right. cool. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week and enjoy WrestleMania, obviously, because yes. you won't be watching the Raptors Sixers. Yeah, have a good week, guys. If only to be a reasonable man.